You know, it takes a certain type of person to work in outreach. Well, we just happen to have one of those folks with us today. His name is Chris Lopez, and he's our mobile services coordinator. We'll be talking with him and more here on Pet Resource Radio. From the Pet Resource Center of Kansas City, I'm Sierra Howe. And I'm Dave Shapiro. And yes, indeed, welcome to the podcast. We are coming to you from the Fish Bowl here at the Pet Resource Center of Kansas City. We are a nonprofit that aims to keep pets and people together through supportive services for folks that are in need. Sierra, how are you doing today? Well, I'm, it's not too bad. It's Friday. Yeah, it is and Friday. And I'm feeling good. I'm we have lots of cute puppies. Nope, not puppies. Dogs, cats, puppies, kittens, and surgery and vaccinations. Yeah. So I'm really busy today so I can just sneak over and get a few pictures and then cuddle them. And then I feel re-energized. Yeah. Um, let's see, what do we got coming up here soon? It looks like on December 5th, oh, when this episode comes out, it'll be that coming weekend, actually, December Saturday. 5th, yep, Saturday, December 5th, from 9 a.m. to noon at Rios de Agua Viva, Apostolic Church, that's 4000 Victory Drive, Kansas City, Kansas, um, we're very, very excited to be back on the Kansas side, aren't we? Yeah, we have plenty of people reach out to us on social media and our call center, and because we used to have a clinic over there. And so now that we don't, it's a little bit harder to get over there and do the work that needs to be done. So we're super excited to be over there. Yeah. And we've been having problems getting, you know, the, the problem with being in Kansas City and being on on the border, basically, of two states is that you have to have vets that are licensed in both exactly. states. Exactly. Yep. So that's been the problem for us with Kansas here lately is that we didn't have a vet that was uh, licensed in Kansas. So we now do and we now can do we're these We're ready things. to roll. Yeah, we're ready to roll. So expect to see more of us. Yeah, expect <laughs> to see us over there, Kansas. Uh, why don't we head over to some pet news? While we spent a lot of time poring over election results this month, there was one result in Denver that we were very happy to see. Denver's had a pit bull ban since 1989, and as we've talked about numerous times on the program, breed-specific legislation is simply an outdated way of trying to make communities safer. Does it work? Absolutely not. The breed is never the problem. While Measure 2J was overwhelmingly approved by voters, it doesn't repeal the ban completely. It does give owners of pit bull, quote, type dogs a road to legal ownership. It's not the tear down this wall moment we were hoping for, but it's definitely a way for Denverites to see for themselves that pit bulls aren't dangerous. Yep, they definitely aren't. And the cool thing about it um, is that I've seen here since that uh, decision went, came down from the masses that Aurora is also considering repealing its pit bull ban, which is very exciting. I would like to see some of that movement happen around here. Um, we still have, well, all pit bulls have to be spayed and neutered here. So that's mandatory spay neuter. Mm-hmm. At an independence, we still have a pit bull ban. Um, Kansas City, Kansas repealed theirs, which was nice. I was kind of hoping we'd get a domino effect from that, but not yeah. so much. Well, we still got time. We're still doing our thing, our podcast. So hopefully this helps that we're educating people about it. And I mean, let's be honest. Pit bulls are awesome dogs. I literally almost cried this morning watching a video of a little girl and her three pit bulls. Did I cry? I'm not going to admit that to you. Probably. But <laughs> honestly. We'll keep it a secret. Okay. Thanks. Thanks. <laughs> 
<laughs> Meanwhile, researchers in Hungary have put together a live stream genius dog challenge that'll be going on when this episode is released. They advertised for dogs that could recognize the names of, you know, a bunch of their individual toys. They found six of them scattered around the globe that all happen to be border collies, and they're now going to live stream experiments on them. Uh, We're going to put a link in the show notes to the contest. It's honestly some pretty interesting stuff. And it's super impressive. It makes me jealous, even though I have two shepherds that are technically in the breeding category or herding category for dogs. Right. But... I mean, Beasley's smart when she wants to be because she does. She doesn't know individual toys, but she does know people like she knows mom, dad. She knows her siblings. She knows grandma. But then like she'll go do something that's not what she's supposed to be doing at all, like getting a loaf of bread off the countertop. And then I'm like, OK, I take it back. I mean, that, I technically that is smart, right? Yeah. It's just sneaky. Yeah, it's sneaky. So I, I, I mean, she wouldn't be a uh, good candidate for the genius dog challenge, more <laughs> like the, the, the sneaky dog challenge. Yeah. Sneaky dog challenge. I think we should start that. <laughs> um, speaking of people who know the names of several objects, why don't we head over to the interview with Chris? Once we found ourselves in a pandemic and doing outreach got a lot harder, we needed to find some way to connect with people who didn't have a way to get to the clinic or the time to come here, but had pets that needed their vaccinations. So we decided to bring the vaccinations to them, and our mobile services unit was born. Since we started it up a few months ago, it's grown and expanded, and we've even been able to add puppy and kitten-specific days to our schedule. We brought on our mobile services coordinator, Chris Lopez, to talk about the program and how it works. Chris, welcome to Pet Resource Radio. Thanks for having me. It's very great to have you. Uh, glad we were able to get you this time of the day. Um, we had scheduled this for a little bit earlier, but you were out doing what else? Mobile vaccination services. services. So yeah. there you go. Uh, that's exactly how it works. So, okay, so mobile services. Now, where did the idea come from initially? So I got brought in a little bit later, but basically kind of what happened is in the middle of the shutdown earlier this year, uh, there was this combination of people, as stated before, that needed this service regardless of what the world was facing uh, and a, a desire to help those people from Pet Resource Center of Kansas City. And so we got our team together. We came up with this idea for mobile programs. And so what we've been doing is taking our transit van out equipped with vaccinations, a scale dewormer for younger animals, um, as well as a few different off re- or outreach uh, products that we can provide to our clients as well. How has the program changed and grown since it first started? I think a biggest part of the change that we've seen here is just a ability of people knowing that it's there. I think a big part of the impact is changing our name and with the rebrand we have been able to step away from just uh, being seen as someone that provides low-cost spay and neuter services. And so with that kind of uh, spread in the community with a higher understanding of what we can offer, it's driven people there, and it's been nothing but helpful to any of the clients that we see. Um, I actually just saw a lady out in Piper, Kansas today who said she's going to get on her um, neighborhood Facebook group basically and try to organize kind of a block party where we go back out and vaccinate all the pets in the community. Oh, that's excellent. Yeah, that's really awesome. Man, I really, that's one of my favorite things about it is being out in the community and just seeing the ideas that people have and the ways that they want to get involved once they realize that these services are available to them. Yeah. And I I think for a majority of the people, again, it's just that once they know it's out there, it's super helpful and it is been something that not only through these shutdowns, but I think going forward into the future, 
is something a little bit more convenient for those people that might have busier households or, or a lot going on at home, whether it's kids, pets, uh, other family members that they need to take care of or things of that nature um, as well. And so I, I think the kind of spark of ingenuity that this year has brought has led to a lot of positive changes for our uh, programs here. Yeah, definitely. Now, this program seems like a good use of your skills since you have animal handling and teching experience, but then you also have administrative skills. Do you enjoy this work? Is it what's your favorite part? So <laughs> I honestly just love kind of like you said, going out to the community, interacting with our community and figuring out how one, we might be able to help in different ways, but two, how uh, this is affecting them more directly and how we can be more equipped to solve actual problems versus um, problems that might be a little bit too big. It might not be that we can solve all of the problems or anything like that, but we do what we can for the problems that we can solve. And I really, really enjoy that. I I love the idea of helping as many people and as many pets as I can. Um, As far as the administrative side goes, it's that of course is the, the less exciting, the less appealing side. Uh, but that comes up with some fun times too. I mean, I got to talk to a lady that had been diagnosed with COVID and quarantined for all of this year. And the only time she had seen someone this year was when we came to do her, uh, puppy vaccines. And oh wow, it got to a point where she asked for my desk phone in case she needed to talk. She hasn't called me yet, but okay. All right. Hey, people, people get lonely. They need to talk. Yeah. Um, so what are some of the bigger challenges of doing, doing a mobile vet service? I think one of the things that, uh, was a struggle for me to keep in mind, um, and is a continuous struggle for us here just in, in this year, especially is, um, staffing in regards to veterinarians, uh, each state has their own licensing program. And so with us being right on the border of two states, you can get a little dicey sometimes making sure we have the correct veterinarian for the correct days for the correct areas. Um, other than that, it's truly just a matter of, I think, getting used to, um, mapping out routes and logistics of that nature. Um, but once you kind of get a feel for it, it's, it's pretty easy going and pretty self-explanatory. So truly it's just a matter at this time of making sure we have the staff and the resources, um, whether it's physical or monetary that we need to be able to provide with the service. When did we add puppy and kitten services to the mix and why? It probably started uh, truly happening a little bit more consistently in September. And Mm -hmm. I think what we were noticing here on site with our special medical unit at the time as well was an increase in certain diseases like uh, parvovirus. It's been noted across the country that that, those numbers are rising this year. Um, And so with that in mind, it was another way that we could try and find a solution uh, in in this time where people might be stuck in certain areas or have a less ability of transportation or less access to transportation um, and still wanting to make sure that those younger uh, pets and, and puppies and kittens are protected, um, especially when it comes to the hardy parvovirus. Those things can live in the environment for up to a year. And so it's really important to try and get a head start and stay on top of that. Right. And the really nice thing about we were talking about the difficulties and the logistics of, of doing the mobile services, but when we're talking about the puppy and kitten boosters, a tech can technically do those as long as they're not giving out rabies, right? Correct. Correct. So in the state of Missouri, it does have to be a licensed vet to do the rabies vaccination. However, the DA2PP, which is the um, distemper, parvo, and a few other vaccines all combined into one, as well as the dewormer that we use, which is pyrantal, all can be administered by a tech. And so we do have some of this kind of wiggle room with those puppies and kitten days too, where even if we don't necessarily have a veterinarian for that day, we can send 
techs, uh, maybe some of our outreach team members, and get it done and still be able to help and keep those animals on the schedule for or, boosters. Because I imagine that if you're asking a tech, do you want to stay here and do surgeries on pets and, and help out with surgeries, or do you want to go hang out with puppies and kittens all day, they're going to probably choose the puppies and kittens? I would hope so. I yeah. mean, I, I have to remind myself every now and then that a lot of the times the the biggest thing that I'm complaining about is a job where I get to hang out with puppies and kittens. And so it's definitely, I think a great way to kind of, in a sense, give back to our own staff too. It's a, it's a little bit of a, a slower pace, at least a, a little bit of a breadth compared to here at the clinic. We're all always working very hard to try and help as many people as we can and have that big of an impact as we can on the community. Right. And, um, Let's talk. I was going to ask you about puppies and kittens getting protected, but you already talked about that a little bit. But the, let's talk about the importance of the entirety of the program itself, the puppies and kittens and the your your grown up dogs and cats and what have you. Um, I think that part of the deal, at least from what I was seeing as as the pandemic was uh, kind of crashing, its wave was crashing over the U.S., um, is that we were getting a lot more calls for people that were, that were desperate for things. And we were getting a lot more calls from people who had dogs and cats or puppies and kittens and didn't necessarily feel safe leaving their home, didn't necessarily. And so it seems like this is a way to kind of mitigate that to some extent. I definitely agree with that. I think especially with the type of protocols that are in place for a lot of veterinary uh, clinics in regards to if the puppies or the kittens are under a certain age, a lot of times they don't want them touching the floor because it can be exposure risks. Um, and so we're taking that completely out of the equation. Right. Um, I think it also, in that time of that shutdown, I mean, there were so many things that I don't think people thought about until it happened to them. You know, you had um, owners with dogs that needed regular grooming or nail trims and all well, without an up-to-date rabies vaccination, who's going to do that? Right. And they can't go get a rabies vaccination because their clinic is closed or because the bus lines are closed or, or what have you. Um, and so I think the bigger picture of all of this is, is again, as someone who um, has been trusted with this program, I really hope that it turns out to be kind of this first hand reaching out for anybody in the community, mm -hmm. whether it is vaccinations, whether it is, Oh, I've got some extra dog food. I'm in your area. We can help you out this one time. Right. Um, and it does kind of go hand in hand with a lot of our different other outreach programs. Um, for example, there are a few different criterias for our food pantry. Uh, one of them being a current rabies vaccination for all age appropriate animals. And so we even have the ability to help those pantry clients that are still showing up at our door for those, those food dates. Um, but know that they're reaching kind of the limitations of what we ask of them. And instead of being like, well, you're on your own now, we can continue to support them um, and be there for them as a resource in the community. So what is next for mobile services? How are we going to try and grow this? I think for the most part, it's going to be a, a bigger push for still at this point, um, just getting the service out there. So I'm really grateful for this podcast. Mm -hmm. um, but I think it's going to be a matter of making a sustainable plan. I think we have a great starting spot and I think we were intuitive enough to kind of get the ball rolling early enough this year where we have a good standing and a good footing. Uh, but it's just kind of tightening up some of the, the screws, some of the less flashy things on the back end of things. And hopefully going out a little bit more consecutively, the dream here is to have our mobile service go out, whether it's puppies and kittens or full aged pets uh, four times a week. And so if we can right. get up to that point, I think again, going even forward through whatever this year ends as it will be, a service that is needed and is, is helpful to a lot of people out there. 
Well, and I know that's definitely something that we're talking about in terms of, you know, moving forward, what do things look like? What, how long does this pandemic last? Um, and how long are people going to need these services? And honestly, whether or not the pandemic sticks around, it's a really awesome stuff that it's been amazing to watch you all build it from the ground up. So, well, thank you. Thank you very much. Yeah, you're very welcome. Uh, thank you for everything that you do around here. Cause I know you, you, I see you, your desk is near mine. <laughs> yeah. I'm blessed with ADHD and kind of a, an interest in everything. So I kind of dabble in a bunch of different stuff, which can be good and bad for sure. It's definitely good for this place. That's for sure. All right. Well, thanks Chris uh, so much for being on the show. We appreciate you taking time to talk to us. Of course. Thank you. This week, we want to highlight an organization that's a little different than the ones we normally talk about here on Pet Resource Radio, and that's because it doesn't deal with dogs and cats at all. Creatures by Teresa is a small animal rescue that's been around for over a decade, and they handle everything from rabbits to birds to reptiles. Their mission is a lot like ours in some ways. Education is a key component of what they do, providing information on their website and in person on proper care for these animals, hosting events for folks to learn more and having adoption events where folks can see the animals in person. We love them because they're a part of awesome the, of that awesome tapestry of organizations that are doing the work. And our goal in Sculpt means that we only deal with dogs and cats, but they are there are great organizations out there working with other animals, finding them homes, getting them fixed, and Creatures by Teresa is one of them, and they're doing great work. If you want to check out their site and get some info, it's teescritters.weebly.com. That's T-E-E-S critters.weebly.com. And now we say goodbye to you, friends. A big thanks to Chris Lopez from our outreach team for being on the program today. If you want to help Chris and the rest of the team, including us, you can donate to us directly at prckc.org. And if you're listening to us via your favorite podcasting app, rate us and leave us a review because that always helps people find us. And also follow us at PRR Podcast on both Facebook and Twitter. And hey, we're always looking for new guests to have on our show So if you know somebody or you work for an organization, reach out to us on our social media and we'd love to have them on. Yeah. Or email us at uh, podcast at prckc.org. I do forget we have an email. I do too. (laughs) So until next time, tail wags and purrs to you and yours. And as Mark Twain said, the dog is a gentleman. I hope to go to his heaven, not man's. Take care. Pet Resource Radio is a production of the Pet Resource Center of Kansas City, co-hosted and produced by Sierra Howe and myself, David Shapiro, recorded, mixed, and edited by David Shapiro, music by Hazel Raw Musical Industries, a.k.a. me. More info at soundcloud.com slash Musical Industries. <laughs>